It's Animal Central Time with me, Sharon Dale, and my co-host, Jonathan Sinclair. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Sharon. <laughs> Can you believe this is our fourth show? It's our fourth. I was actually going to think it was our third, no, but you're right, it's our fourth. Already. Yeah, fourth I was thinking, show. like, we've only changed the name twice. We've changed the name t- twice. It's we've not too bad for four interesting shows. Interesting guests. And, mm. yeah, today we've actually got a real live Rottweiler in the studio with us. I know. It's such a beautiful dog. You can go check that pic out on Twitter. It's yes, please do. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Well, in fact, we're going to be speaking to his owner and trainer, Judy Besaid Note, about something very interesting, how to socialize your dog. Okay, um, what, what, what does that good, even mean, like socialize your dog? Well, that if you look at Adam, who's in the studio with us today, he's a massive Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. He's so calm, he's so peaceful, mm-hmm. he, he's fine around other dogs. And I think a lot of people can't actually take their dogs anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you need to socialize them from the But when they age. say socialize, do they mean socialize it with other adults or socialize it with other with pets? With people and with, especially with other pets. Really? With other dogs. Yeah. Um, so that you can take them to dog walk parks, you can walk down the street without a fear. There's a new trend. Uh, this puppy um, play groups or yes. you go on a Saturday yes. morning and you see all these young couples puppy and older training. couples bringing mm. their puppies just to yes. play with one another. It's, it's a funny and thing. And it's so good to do that. It yeah. really is. But I want to also find out, I mean, I've got older dogs that uh, weren't socialized very much when they were little and can you still socialize them when they're older? That's what I'd like to know. And how do you do it? Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's nice to take your dog to parks. And then uh, moving on, we're also going to talk about... Um, uh, feral cats, which is something very interesting. Yeah, some people hate them, but other mm. people love them. So other it's quite love an them. interesting. They take care of them, and they will talk about them, but they actually do serve a purpose. All right, well, let's get uh, Julie Besaidenhout and Adam into the studio. Um, yeah, let's just take a quick song break. Be right back. Are we back. playing Bahamian? Uh, we are, because I know it is your favorite it, song it, for well, this. Well, I think my dogs bark along to it, so this is why I love this song because <laughs> dogs love it. Let's do it. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who. Oh, oh, oh. 
coffee, bush coffee, get the juicy and fest in mongrel. Well, if I am a dog, the party is on. I gotta get my good work on my mind, I'm gone. Do you see the race coming from my eye? Walk into the prison, did you mind the breaking it down? Me and my white talk, short, dealing, gancy, color, any color, but do. I think I knew that's why they call me Big Bull. Cause I'm the man of the land with it to me, that's a who. Classic, classic dog song. Although our guest in the studio today, Adam the Rottweiler, didn't seem to take any notice of it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't have his cans on. You <laughs> no, see, he so doesn't. it's a problem. He yeah, and you must have a look at the pictures. He's gorgeous. He's only eighteen months old, and he is just a stunner. And we've got his owner, trainer, and mommy in the studio, Judy Besaidenot. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Thanks for being Thank with you. us. Now, just a little bit of a heads up. Julie is a dog trainer, animal behaviorist. She's also an animal wrangler that that trains dogs and cats and all sorts of different animals for what TV ads, movies, that kind of thing. Yes, public performing. Public performing. Print. So Judy, tell us what what do you do? What is what is an animal behaviorist? What is an animal wrangler wrangler? Not wrangler. A wrangler. A wrangler. (laughs) A wrangler. I specialize with canine animal behavior. That's what I do first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Training is closely, dog training is closely associated to that. Um, and animal wrangling or animal trainer in terms of the Performing Animals Protection Act, mm. which is the PAPA, mm. is where one gets issued or one applies and gets issued a license by the magistrate. Oh, okay. Um, because in terms of the law, you are required to have a licensed PAPA trainer or wrangler on, on set. set whenever okay. um, there's something that is being used f- to make money for. Yes, okay. Be it a magazine or a billboard or a TV commercial. And that or a person film. is there to make sure that the, the animal's well taken care of. Absolutely. And, okay. Okay. And you've been doing this since I saw on your website, 1988. That's a long time. Yes. That's the year I was born. Okay. <laughs> <out there>. Whoa. <laughs> what made you get into this, Julie? I think just my passion. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about dogs. Mm. Um, not only the Rottweiler breed, but I enjoy them so much. And I think I'm very fortunate to have a career based on on my passion. What you love doing. So it's not work. It's something you love doing. Absolutely. Hey? Mm. And at the moment, what do, what do you have at home? At the moment, I have quite a few Rottweilers at home. Um, I have two Dachshunds and a Yorkshire Terrier and two cats. Oh, and the cats are fine with all the Rotties and yes. everybody else? Yes. Everybody mm. gets along really well. See if you've got the know-how. To well, what's it like when you everyone? arrive home in your driveway <laughs> and you pull in your car <laughs> and you're trying to get out your car with your groceries and there's how many here? Is it again? Six. Six. Six Rottweilers uh, greeting you. Uh, well, they don't all greet me together and they have learned that they need to wait to be greeted. Oh, gosh. Because it would be chaos, arriving home, groceries, handbag, (laughs) everything in my hand, with all the dogs trying to greet me together. So they've learned that I will greet them. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, uh, you, the normal household people who aren't professional dogs, I mean, that would be a mission to control six dogs because they wouldn't have those discipline structures in place. You greet me when I greet you and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think it's easier for you to have six dogs as opposed to the normal person who doesn't know how to train them properly. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah, I suppose that's why you get away with it because six mm. dogs to me, I know, sounds like so much work. But I suppose if it is your career and what you're doing anyway with your day – then I suppose it, it justifies having six no, no, rock violins. In my opinion, the more dogs, the better. You think? <laughs> and, uh, I think the, the thing is that Jeannie will tell us is training. Mm. At the end of the day, training and, and knowing we had um, uh, what's it, uh, Paula Geordie in a yeah. few weeks ago was also saying that you, you don't greet them immediately. Wait until mm. they calm down before you actually give that Pay them attention. Before you give them at- attention. And it's so simple. And, and you condition dogs mm. to to doing that so when anybody arrives not just me that is what they do very Mm -hmm. often on the stairway there might be three or four of them depending on how many can fit and they might all be excited and i just wait i just wait and then everybody knows they'll go back up the stairs and allow me to get up the stairs yeah and and it works like a a bomb my my son's girlfriend comes over and she loves animals Mm -hmm. and she always comes in and greets my pit bull makes a big fuss of them so this weekend i said to just try something Ignore him completely until he settles down. And it worked like a bomb. She couldn't actually believe it. The thing about it is to remember that they're not a human. Because for me, sometimes I feel like you don't want to be rude to the dog. Yes, Have you? Yes. I, as funny as that sounds, it's the truth. Like you wouldn't walk into a room and not greet the person. So then I feel so you like feel you have to greet yeah, the dog. especially <laughs> if you're coming into the dog space, you know, you just give him a pat and stuff. Mm. But I suppose mm. you have to remember you're not dealing with a human. Humans need to know, first and foremost, human and dog communication is on a parallel. It will never, ever, ever be the same. It's our ability to learn how they do things mm-hmm. and then to try and sort of get a, get a good balance mm-hmm. of how it would be typically mm-hmm. in order to get what you want at home. Mm. I see. Mm. I see. I'm very interested to find out the dynamic in your house. So you have six dogs. So how have they arranged themselves in their hierarchy? How is the pack? Well, my pack is is that cats rank first. Nobody dare chase a cat. Really? So cats are always far more important. And not that they're regarded more important, but the dogs are shown. This is what the boundaries are, and this is what happens. If Are you saying this is in your household, or is this in all households? No, Cats will... this is, no, this is in my household. Okay, I see. very often people make a mistake where the cat runs, dog chases. Generally, it, it, it becomes an immediate learned behavior. Okay. Where every time the cat runs, mm-hmm. the dog will chase. Mm-hmm. So one has to stop, So or stop the dog from chasing. So cats are first. Little dogs are, are second, so they, they are top of the chain, little dogs, because they've got to be safe from the Rottweilers. Mm-hmm. And Dachshunds can be very cheeky mm-hmm. um, yes. and very dominant. And then they will rank in order of their ages. And oh, okay. the humans will reinforce that, that hierarchy, that linear of hierarchy. A, of age of comes age, first. Yes. So we do our males and our females dif- differently because they don't rank um, if you have a male and a female, it doesn't really matter because it's dimorphic. So mm-hmm. it's not. They're not in no, competition no, with one another. So then we have our males. So generally, we have our eldest male, and we'll go down as to the to the youngest male, and the humans will reinforce it. That generally gets reinforced. So you are the overall pack leader. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and that generally just gets reinforced by how we feed. So mm-hmm. we feed in order of top down to bottom. So, in other words, you would give your top dog. 
um, food before the other dogs? Is well, that... before I'm talking about, I've got six bowls dished up or eight bowls with the little ones. You I've put got... them down in that order. Yes. So everybody takes their positions in the kitchen and we'll start feeding little ones first. Jeez. And Adam gets fed last. Mm-hmm. But that's only probably five seconds the after the top dog. Yeah, so it's not like you actually make them sit there and wait and watch no, the other dog no. eat. And no, is that not because he's the youngest? Yeah. That's because he's oh, the youngest, okay. yes. And oh. he needs to submit to Eli, who is two years older than him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. No, and what is your fascination with Rottweiler? Are we Rotties. saying that Rotties? Yeah, but is it Rottweiler or Rottweiler? I don't know. Well, I suppose it depends what country you come yeah. from. In South Africa, we say Rottweiler. <laughs> Rottweiler. Or Rotties. All right. Why do you love these dogs particularly? I think because they are a working breed dog. They have many abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had Rottweilers that will work from... Being in he's pet trying therapy. to play with his lead on the floor. <laughs> yeah, shame. He's distracting his mommy there. Yeah. From pet therapy yeah, yeah. Um, to a working breed dog mm. to a dog who is able to do full man work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the obedience levels I love. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not highly strung dogs, so they're relatively bomb-proof. They're good family dogs. They're mm-hmm. good watchdogs. They are low maintenance in terms of their coats. The, mm. I know short hair dogs. Yes. What a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. A pleasure. So, you know, there's a lot of things if I compare. Mm. I mean, if I had to compare a Rottweiler to a Staffy, a Staffy is too busy for me. Mm-hmm. I would mm. never be able to mm. own a Staffy because I think my personality demands calm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's making me laugh. He's so funny. He's I trying know. To play he, with I, I think we need to give him a microphone <laughs> or something. He really wants to be part of the show. Shame. He's he doesn't adorable. like that we're taking his mom's attention away no, from him, I think. No. Yeah. <laughs> and and Julie, so you know, we were talking about the importance of puppy training. So is it important the minute you get that puppy into your home to start training? Yes. Um boundaries and routines are, are could be seen as training, but it's different. Boundaries and routines are not allowing puppy to jump on you, not allowing puppy to run out the gate. Asking puppy to sit for anything he gets. And those are just boundaries and routines. Those are, it's mm. not technically training. Yes. So those are the first things where puppy sleeps, where puppy toilets, all those things the humans need to reinforce. And if you, if you, if you spend time with your dog in the first four months of his life, that's probably the most important. Okay. So that you will have all those boundaries established. Yes, already established. And then once he's had two vaccinations that he's got enough immunity, he can then go to a puppy group. And mix with other And puppies. that's very important to socialize with other dogs. Very important because the, the more positive encounters your dog has as a youngster, the more he's going to rely on that in terms of when he's presented with something that is older. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it have to be a special group of puppies or could you, for instance, socialize your puppy with your next door neighbor's dog? Go to a dog walk park yeah. or something like you that. You can, but I, at my puppy school, I never ever allow unsupervised free play. Mm-hmm. Because what happens okay. is you might get one puppy who's rough with another puppy. Yes. And that puppy retaliates. Mm. You want to avoid that. So mm. you want to so avoid it before it happens so that there is no negativity whatsoever. So it's more formal that yes. they are in the same area and, and, and they're being trained together. Yes. And, and the instructor or, or the, or the caregiver is, is saying, that's a good dog or no, don't do that or remove the puppy from okay. that. Give him time out and then put him back to their own devices. That's it. Okay. That's it. Mm. And, and I mean, those are these, I see there's a lot of puppy training classes around. So they're everywhere. So yes. There's no excuse not to go to one. Absolutely. And from what age are you so after vaccinations? Second vaccination, which is generally around 10 weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, puppies should be in a program before 16 weeks, which is an impressionable period. Do you ever work with any other animals besides dogs and cats? Well, are you actually just dogs, basically. Well, I work with cats. Mm-hmm. Um, in the film industry, I work a lot with farm animals, strangely enough. Really? Chickens. How, how, <laughs> we, how do you train a chicken? That's what I'm saying, especially because you don't <laughs> live with these animals. No, what, I'm, what I do is I make sure that the set is locked off so they can't run anywhere, and then I use food. Chickens love food. Chickens love food. Yeah. <laughs> and we love them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, because what I wanted to find out is, okay, so puppy socialization, that's the way to start. But what if you go and adopt a dog that's older, that hasn't been socialized? Can you still socialize them when they're older? Yes. Socializing or exposure to things is, is a lifelong experience for a dog. Mm-hmm. So... If you've got an 18-month-old dog mm. and you've adopted him from a shelter or wherever he's come from, and um, <laughs> <Adam> <laughs> he's is, having a hoot on the floor. Yeah. We should have brought him some He was toys. so calm outside. <laughs> it was like all a rouge until he comes in studio. Then he he's, starts. If you could only see him, he's rolling on the floor, playing with his lead. He's just adorable. Um, sorry, where were we? 18-month-old. <laughs> so what one would do is one would manage it. You'd put him on his lead. You would expose him to another dog, and before he is able to show any negativity, one would give him something positive to do. Either look at me, because mm. I'm your owner, and, and you and I have a relationship going, and you take cues from me, mm. or here's a biscuit for you. So he's seeing if the other dog. motivated by food. Well, yes. yes. Or a squeaky or a toy, toy if he's motivated. So whatever motivates the dog yes. the best, that's what you're going to use. But timing is crucial, because when dog sees the other dog, that's ideally just before he's able to react. That's when you want to and give him the positive reinforcer. And you'll see that they'll sort of tense up. The absolutely. ears might go up. So, absolutely. so that's when you do it. Yes, absolutely. So you only focus on the positive side of it. You don't actually ever smack him on the snout or to, to train him. No, never. As, uh, so would that be appropriate to discipline your dog? Or no, never. never. No. So you don't believe in smacking of any sort, tapping on the snout, none of that? I believe in a lot of touch. Uh So if one is teaching their dog the word no, your tone of voice is very important. Your physical gesture is also very important. Mm -hmm. You can't be sitting on the ground or lying on the ground going no because already you've lost – your dog almost doesn't see you in that physical form as being Mm. capable of of giving Mm -hmm. a no command. Mm. Um, I do a lot of touch. So when I teach a puppy no – and a puppy doesn't know what I'm saying, I touch him. Because what it does is it redirects his attention to me. He would then look at me and I would reinforce him. When you my say nose. you touch him, where, 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 where would you touch him on his? Anywhere, on his body, anywhere. You okay. just touch. Okay, just so to until distract, he learns just to distract, what distract him. Yeah. Just okay. to distract him to say, you know, you know, dogs can't have two conversations. So if he's having a conversation, um, barking at something or looking at something or wanting to go and play with another puppy mm. and I'm bellowing his name, calling him. It's not going to work. He, he can't do mm. that. He, he's busy with something else. So he you, can't you do know, two You things. have to bring his attention back to you. And I you. saw you do that earlier on outside the studio mm. with, with Adam. A chap walked through with a big bass mm-hmm. and he immediately sat up and Julie... Touched yeah. him on his collar I've seen his neck, um, and he The dog was liberous He's a Malone I've seen him do that With his two fingers And he sort of Pokes the dog Not mm. excessively But just mm. in the neck a bit And just brings that attention back And it's I think very there's got to be Intention behind Even that no Hey Julie yeah. Absolutely I mean you can't No yeah. It's got to be No You, you mean it You've got to be taken seriously Mean what you say Exactly yeah. 
Okay. Now, so can you, if you've got a dog now, it's middle-aged, you've adopted it, slightly older, and you want to socialize it, is it something you can safely do on your own, or should you get a, a behaviorist in to help you with that? Because you don't know I would get a what professional, to do. Yes. Yeah, I would get a professional in to help because if something goes wrong, mm. you've already had a negative exposure, or the dog has already had a negative oh, experience. And you might handle it incorrectly. Exactly, and he may rely on that experience. Okay. Okay, so it's better just to, well, I, I think if you adopt most of the time, they, they can give you some idea as to whether the dog's socialized or not. Yeah. But I mean, I go often to, to Walkhaven Dog Park, mm-hmm. and it, it's an amazing experience because you see these little dogs, big dogs, power breeds, all running mm. together happily, occasionally, very occasionally, you'll get a little bit of a ruckus going on. But it's awesome to sit and watch how these dogs can just be dogs. And, and run around together and have an absolute hoot. Is it true that certain breeds of dogs prefer being an only dog? They will, you know, you often get like with little terriers, let's say, they'll say, oh, this dog needs to be in a one-dog household so that it can just be the king of the house and have its way. Well, the reason behind that, I think, is that it's probably a dog who'd been fighting in a previous household. Mm-hmm. And if... If dogs have been in that kind of environment and they've learned from that, then that is the way that they're going to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say because it was the breed of dog. Mm-hmm. It's to say that possibly the socializing, the training, the boundaries, the routines, all that was neglected. Mm-hmm. So the dog didn't know what else to do. And all he probably ended up doing was defending himself. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got two males in the same environment mm-hmm. and they're both intact, th- that in itself is a reason to argue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it is done very, very carefully with management, with proper management. So you can keep two males together? Absolutely. That are but both in, yeah, intact. Yeah, neutering, very important. You, yes. Um, I mean, if you, if you, if you don't have a, a, a top bloodline dog mm. that is going to improve the breed, um, it, then, you know, you would probably not sterilize him because mm. obviously you're going to breed from him. But only if he is a top bloodline dog who's been approved and who's been, mm. his x-ray has been, have been approved and he, he's been showed. Um, then if in that case where you have two entire male dogs, mm. hierarchy is of utmost importance. Do you need One to has show to a be, dog? It has to be intact. Or yes. can it be yes. muted? No, no, he needs it to, has be to be intact. Yes. Because this is the problem, especially with breeds like Rottweilers. You have the backyard breeders. Yes. That mm. breed, they don't scan them. They have no concern about temperament. Hip dysplasia is something that, that Rottweilers are prone to. And, you know, don't do it. Don't get a, a breed like a Rottweiler or any, well, any dog, in fact, from a backyard breeder. Because mm. you're looking for trouble. Agreed. Yeah. What I noticed about Adam when he walked in is that he has his tail and you never see that on Rottweilers and it's very nice. They used actually. to be docked. Yes. Yes. And now, yes. now not anymore. Is that no, no against? Longer. It's, it's no longer a practice to dock their tails mm-hmm. because it was purely from, a, I mean, there was large debate, but purely from a cosmetic point of view, um, we're not going to dock the tails. Mm. And I think everybody got on the same bandwagon and it's it's now all been agreed and the vets mm. just won't do that. Well, they were born with that. tails. Why, why remove I, I them? I know. <laughs> it's the strangest practice. I know. I know. But some dogs, you've grown up seeing them that way. Yes, like you when you, to, you see a little fox terrier without, with a tail and you almost think that they're less of a pedigree, let's yes, say, if yes. they have a tail. Meanwhile, it's actually the other way around. And now, Judy, um, something that, that I battle with, I take my dogs for walks. What 
you know, a lot of people don't keep their dogs securely in their property. So you are taking your dog for a walk, everything's great, and some dog charges out of a gate and starts attacking your dog. Yeah. What What do you need to do? I know a friend who actually walks around with a taser and just the sound of, she doesn't use the taser, yes. but just that sound will chase off any dog's yes. trying. I mean, it's the bane of my life when, when these dogs just escape and run out and attack your dog. What should you do in that no circumstances. Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to promote. We've got to promote that people, in fact, keep their dogs confined, because mm. not only do they go out and, and attack people walking their dogs, mm. they um, get run over by cars. Yeah, get they lost, get lost, get stolen. They get stolen. So you know, I think the first form of practice is responsible ownership, mm. and that forms part of responsible ownership. Very much so. Um, but if you're out in the street and you're walking your dog. One needs to be prepared. So walking with a taser, yes, just the sound to sound off other dogs. Yes, it's that energy and that sound. Um, you can walk with a long uh, stick. You can walk with any just to try and appear bigger than the other dog as he comes mm, charging okay. out. But often it's a very terrifying experience when it you're is. walking in the road and a dog is and just coming charged. at you. And normally, Julie, it's the little dogs that come and charge yes. at you. The Jack Russells will come and take on a pit bull. Yes. And, you know, they, they will come off second base, yeah. so you're worried. Yeah. You know, when I walk, I check my route first Yes. Um, to make sure. Um, but other than that, one just needs to arm yourself with a taser is an excellent thing because just the sound of it mm. is enough to, is enough to, to chase scare, them off. to scare the dog off. And should something go wrong and there's a dog fight, your dog's involved in a fight, what is the best way to stop it? I know I'd probably panic, which would make it even Most worse. Most people do. Most yeah. people yeah. would panic. Yeah. What is the best way to handle that? You know, with my dogs, um, if my dog had grabbed another dog, which has never ever happened to me, but if it did, I would, pull the collar right up under the chin almost mm. and turn it because what happens is you, you, you're reducing the air supply. Okay. So the dog needs to actually open his mouth to breathe. Mm. Um, so he will let go. So he will actually let dog. go. But you know, you've got two dogs and if, if they're big dogs, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, sure. Um, one needs to wait until the right moment to actually separate them because Oof. to tear them apart, you're just going to rip flesh. Yeah. So that's Could not it do a, more harm than good. You do more harm. Also, the best thing. thing if you do have access to a hose pipe, of course, is to go for just to wet the dog. Does so that, that work? Really well, if you if you gush water at, at a dog mm. and your timing is right, yes. Mm. But if the dog is already zoned in onto his, if he's already got that locked jaw, it's yeah, not going to help. It's, it's unlikely because that scream, that's I, don't, I don't know, screaming, shouting, putting hose pipe, isn't it going to up the energy? It even may very well do. That's why timing is important. Okay. Um, if a dog is running out at me and I screamed, mm. um, and I did it at the right time before he'd actually decided what he was going to do when he got to my dog, mm. I would probably frighten him off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, you hear about these these dog attacks but people run they scream they you know that's that whole energy that that reaches people that's the thing i think it comes back to remembering that they're not humans i think if humans were in that situation you could scream and shout and pull them off mm. each other and stuff but then in a dog fight i think it's a whole different Very difficult. ball game you know um, and and you know dogs in the street um not under the direct control of their owners against the law okay. so the people walking the dog should report it to the police. Should report it. They should report it because it's against the law. Mm, mm. And it's very sad because it, it affects, you know, people wanting to take their dog for a 
pleasant, calm walk, and you've got to be on, on the edge of your seat all the time having mm-hmm. a look around. And as I say, normally it's a little guy, a little dashant or a, uh, you know, but these run are out the dogs the gate. Generally, especially with Joburg, I mean, everyone has palisade fencing, and mm-hmm. those little dogs always find a way out of the palisade fencing. So that's what you deal with. But also that's why they get run over so often, which is very sad. And I also think maybe, I don't know if I'm right here, but dogs in Johannesburg are not socialized. The yeah. dogs in, you see in Cape Town. Or have do, been to the beach once a week. They the beach. And, they yeah. sit with their owners at restaurants. They are much it's more socialized than here where we're all behind. And where do you take your dog for a walk? There's, there's nowhere to go. You've got to mm. walk around your suburb. Yes. That's it. There's no, not many. I think I know of two dog yes. parks. Because mm. there's not Very many few. places Julie, to go. How do you feel about having your dog on the couch or on the bed? I don't allow that. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because, um, even though I'm a dog person, I've got lots of dogs. People must come to my home thinking, Oh, I wonder what we're going to walk into this house <laughs> smelling of dogs. And mm. my home is really clean. It doesn't smell of dogs. Mm-hmm. It's not full of dog hair. Um, and one, that's one of the reasons why I won't allow the dogs on the furniture or the mm-hmm. bed. And in any event, those are my items. Mm-hmm. They don't belong to the dogs. Are they the dogs, inside? They are inside with you? Yes. Okay. The dogs have their own dog beds. They are provided mm-hmm. with their own luxurious dog beds. But now, let's say for maybe a, a single person who lives by themselves and only has, let's say, a little Jack Russell, what would you say then? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, that's companion animals. Mm. Provided, and this is really the tester. If, let's just say it was an elderly person who had a little Maltese and mm. it was sleeping in the bed with them, um, and somebody came into the room, um, the dog may not bite. Mm, mm. The dog may not bite. Mm. And usually that's what the dog will do. He will protect because he's saying, this is mine. Yeah, it's my this bed, is my territory. My mm. owner. So, you know, when the owners are able to say, don't do that, um, and the dog defers to that, then it's fine. There's no problem with having a dog in your bed. And Julie, now with dogs, in your experience, do they attach to one person? Let's say you and your husband both have six dogs. Is there one person who has to be the dog's owner? No, no, all the humans. All the all humans. humans, even if they're little humans. So, in the dog's eyes, are all the humans then on the same playing field? In the home, yes. What about if there's one person who feeds them? Who's more dominant? Um, I think that person would simply be favored because he's associated with food. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So that person would technically be liked or followed more, particularly Mm -hmm. when it's time to feed. Um, But there should be no lesser relationship with anybody else because the fact that somebody else feeds them. Do you find that animals will have a favorite person, though? Although they may take everyone else the same, I find... My dog especially has a thing for my brother. He, she just loves him and will do anything for him, even though he's the one who has no time for her, who has <laughs> never fed her, has never changed her yeah. water. It's funny how animals see something in a human and will do anything for that human. And I, I just don't understand that love and that where does that come from? Why did they, did they choose us? You know, there, there's, we can debate on that all day. Because often dogs will migrate to somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who's capable, somebody who can make a decision. It's not always related to the the food side or the treat side of it. Mm, mm. So, But, you know, dogs will choose you. And it's like falling in love with somebody. Mm. You know, you can say, well, it's because they like this or they like this or they're pretty or they go to gym or whatever the case may Mm. be. We see things in dogs that nobody else can Mm. see. Mm. 
Mm. I have relationships with my dogs that are really special. Mm. And I can't tell you why they're special. It's just because their souls are beautiful. But if you think how many species we have on this planet, how did we develop such a close bond with this species that, for instance, we will allow them in our beds. I mean, you wouldn't sleep with a raccoon in your bed. <laughs> you but, may. Well, <laughs> I think you some may. of us have. I don't know. But yeah. Well, if you, it's very interesting because if you look at the domestication process of dogs, it started off where dogs were thrown bits of food, uh, or, or not dogs, but where they'd migrated from the wolf. So, if if if, if you start looking at how they were domesticated one would actually understand where we'd see a lot of things that happen now that were actually part of the domestication process. Mm. Mm. But if we've tried to domesticate so many animals, only the dogs really... Became man's best friend. That's what I'm saying. And and cats. And cats. But they're more independent. Yes, definitely. definitely. And and Judy, your your work as as an animal wrangler, I mean, you've worked with some very famous dogs. One of them is Buddy the the Toyota Boxer. Oh, the Toyota Boxer with the teeth. And what an awesome guy is. How did he become as famous as as he did become? He was just at the right place at the right time. Were they looking for a boxer? They were looking for a dog with floppy jowls so that they could in post okay. put this mouth in. Okay. Um, and that was really the criteria. He needed to be medium sized and we landed up costing probably about 40 or 50 dogs for that, for that sure. job. Um, and then we went process of elimination. Okay. No females. So we took all the females out and we had 15 dogs left. Then we went, okay. Um, no black, so we took all the black out. And then we were left with about 10 dogs. And then I had decided from a training point of view, because this was a, a really big campaign and it was going to be a lot of pressure on the dog. So I had then selected the top six. Mm-hmm. And then the director came along and he tested all of them. He put them on camera and Buddy was just so photogenic. Is, is Buddy's name really Buddy in real life? No. Okay. Now, and what did he get out of the deal? What, what, you know, I mean, you can't give him money. I mean, does he know what a celeb he is? Does he acknowledge that he's special in some way? I think Buddy the Boxer is a really special dog. Hmm. He's a gentle what soul. What is his real name? Rommel. 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 Um, he is a dog who's grown up with a family of children. Mm-hmm. Um, Was he trained before? He did puppy socializing with me. That's it. Uh, and generally, and, and he did dog school with me, a formal dog school. And generally, when I'm looking for a dog who's got a position in, uh, or, or we're looking for a dog in a movie, especially something that's, that quite a bit is required of him, um, we need to look at temperament. We need to look at the level of obedience. Is there, it seems to be that in the animal world or in um especially dog training dog showing dogs making it into adverts the males do seem to be favored is that is that correct possibly yes mm. why is that though is it because they're just bigger they're bigger built they're more beautiful what what is the reason yeah i think looks has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. um and and for me i tend to f- and I, I mean i might be biased in saying this but i feel that male dogs are more reliable in terms of the end result than the females because the females tend to be more or busier, busier than the males. Mm. So if you tell a male dog to stay and a female dog to stay, Mm -hmm. my feel is is that your female dog will always break your stay before your male will. Oh, really? Males are more toned. They're more relaxed. 
Hence, I prefer male dogs. Very fascinating. And, and I mean, so, so Buddy Rommel, yes. he'd go into, he did the ads, he did a few different types of ads, and I know he became very, very famous. We mm. had an event the one day when everybody would, just wanted to be photographed with, with Buddy. Yes. But I it must be weird seeing him without his teeth in. Yes, you know what I mean? And then you realize he's just talk. a dog, you know what I mean? And that he can't speak to you that way. I yeah. think it would blow my mind having to be in his presence. Like. And other dogs that you've, or cats that, you, uh, animals that you've worked with, Judy, on ads or movies? Um, I worked uh, a lot with my Rottweilers and for for feature films very often where there's a guard scene mm. where they want the dogs to bark and be guard mm. dogs. Oh, prison, I can imagine. <laughs> very often oh. I take my Rottweilers in um, oh. and we we do the performance like that using my, my dogs. Um, we've used a lot of German Shepherds mm. in the last probably two years to, to simulate the 76 police uprising in feature mm. films. Mm-hmm. So we have quite a few well-trained German shepherds. And not just dogs. I mean, you've worked with monkeys. You've worked with all sorts. Cats, yes. Mm. Goats, chickens. And you, do you make a good living from your passion? Do you, are you happy? Is are you comfortable? Yeah. I'm incredibly happy. I'm incredibly blessed to be able to work with animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I work really, really hard. I work really long hours. Um, but I wouldn't swap it for the world. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, I earn a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I everyone think, has to make yeah, a living. You have and to if pay you the bills at the end of the month. what you love, absolutely. That is just a, a, a bonus, an absolute bonus. And I think a lot of ads, if you look these days, there's so many ads that have an animal in yeah. these days. Animals sell. I really they do, do think sell. that. Eh? They do they sell. Do. But they say you should never work in, in with children or animals. Yeah. I mean, it can be quite demanding, can it? It's very difficult? demanding. Very demanding and emotionally draining. Um, but... Very rewarding at the mm. end of the day, I think. Mm. No, well, I mean, it's been so wonderful watching this big guy yeah, wander around the shame. studio. I think here. he's he's getting a bit. He looks like he wants to go outside and <laughs> he wants to come home with Auntie uh, Sherry. That's what yeah, he I think that that's what he's thinking. <laughs> no, but anyway, Julie, Julie thank you yeah. so much. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's so interesting, and it's there's so much that we can actually learn. Um, I know we've got uh, articles about puppy socialization in the December issue of Canine Zone magazine, um, which is out on the 17th 17th. of December, Mm -hmm. that you can find out more. And it it really is very important. I think a lot of people go and get a dog without thinking that this dog's going to need training, food, veterinary care. It all works together to have the perfect companion. You yeah. don't just get a dog and, and you know, it in the back garden. When your puppy is small and it's naughty, it's a different thing. But then when mm. it grows up and it does those mm. same things, it's a, mm. it's not as cute anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So Very it's best to so. start young. But I, I, would you say it's never too late? To, it's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. All right. Julie, thank you so much for joining us and all Thanks, the best. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. Cannonballs are running through your head A television freak show cops and robbers everywhere Subway makes me nervous, people pushing me too far I got to break away, so take my hand out Cause I want to live
so much fun with him in here with us and now I just want to do you know we was looking at the whole feral cat issue mm-hmm. Jonna did you know that one unspayed cat can produce 80,000 offspring in a, in a period of five years okay whoa whoa whoa, whoa. that's Eight, a lot of cats sorry one feral one unspayed cat unspayed cat uh-huh. 80,000 little kittens in a five-year period. So these feral cats, they were either abandoned cats yeah. right in the beginning or, or cats that have run away or got lost or whatever. And now these cats live, I won't say in the wild, but in suburbia. In, uh-huh. they live in we see them all parks. over. We yeah. see them everywhere. They're in office parks. They're in uh, shopping malls. Mm-hmm. I know Clearwater Mall has a whole feral cat colony. Um, they're everywhere. And it is – a lot of people see them as a nuisance. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, because we have poisoned and and got rid of all the owls that, that kept the rodent mm-hmm. population down, mm-hmm. the cats are now filling that position. And they are actually help, helping to keep the rodent population down. Well, we we do have a major rodent problem in the we cities. Do. So why then do we still have that problem? Are you saying that without these feral cats, there would be much more of a problem? Oh, absolutely. Be, yeah. Absolutely. They they literally, well, they're looking for food and yeah. that's what's available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and a lot of the associations like the Animal Anti-Cruelty League, uh, Cat's Cradle, a lot of uh, these welfare associations, what they do is they go out there, they feed these cats, mm. but they also do a thing, uh, they call it trap, neuter, release. Wow. So they trap the cat, they spay it or neuter it so it mm. can't reproduce, and then they release it back there. Because some of them, you know, they, they're feral cats. They've been, they've been brought up wild. Mm-hmm. They cannot be adopted. Mm. Although it has happened mm-hmm. that people have taken a feral kitten or a cat and brought them into the home. And so they is the solution them. when you see these cats, say, let's say in your office block where you work, you mustn't feed them. You should just let no, them be. you should take care of them. Mm. Um, I think they, they really, they're working for you. They're working for your company. So it, it's or not a bad thing to provide no, them with food every now and again. And I mean, they're, they're animals. They need protection. They need it just like any other animal. And, and I mean, if you look at these uh, statistics, how they actually keep down the rodent population. Mm-hmm. It's, they really do help us. Yeah. They really, really do. Um, people do see them as, as pests, but they do play an integral role in, in maintaining a healthy and clean environment and getting rid of the rodents. So if you do know of a, of a colony somewhere mm-hmm. near, yes, absolutely feed them. If you can trap them, go and get them uh, neutered or spayed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, will call the Animal Anti-Cruelty League. They will do it for you. And then they put them back. If they're kittens, sometimes they are put out for adoption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, they can still then be socialized with humans, They can basically. still be. Yeah. yeah, sure. But, I mean, I've heard of many adult cats that were feral mm-hmm. that were actually adopted. And it takes a little bit longer, but they settle down. But uh, uh, for me, if I see a stray dog, and you'll always see them looking skinny and looking mm. unhealthy. But for me, when you see a stray cat, you they look pretty happy. Yes. But they they look like they're living their yes. life, you know, mm. like they're just getting on well, with they it. Are indep- cats are independent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they will leave and they will find food, mm. and and they're finding food in in our rats and mice. Which unfortunately, I mean, I was seeing a news story the other day that there are rats literally the size of cats wandering around. No, there are, and that's actually. Actually, rats are quite a problem, especially in areas like Alexandra and stuff where, you know, if babies get left alone and then Mm, the rats come. There's been horrendous stories of these rats. And the reason they are there is because we have wiped out the predators. We have wiped out the owls. Which is a problem because it comes back to a cultural thing Mm. where people see Mm. them as evil. and. And snakes. It's all education. That's the thing. Mm. We can't blame people because they were brought up with that belief that an owl needs to be killed because it's evil. Well, there's a lot of superstition. That's there's the a thing. lot of superstition yeah. about owls and snakes, that yeah. they are evil. And uh, mm. to me, there's nothing more beautiful than an owl. We have mm. a lot. I live in the West Rand of Joburg. And luckily, we still do have a few owls there, but far less than they should be. Mm. And and these, you know, it's the whole circle of, of, of life. Mm. These are the predators that keep the rat and mouse population oh, It's the down. ecosystem. It's now, a delicate balance. The other thing is that people are, are poisoning rats and mice. Which poison um, the, the owl. owl. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Also, people's dogs and cats get poisoned that way. If you poison, yeah. if you're laying down rat poison, mm. someone's dog, cause the rats are much easier to catch once they've been poisoned, cause mm. they can't run as fast as they, you know, yes. and then your cat picks it up or your well, dog. They say picks you it should up. rather do the, the rat traps. Mm. You can get them from any hardware store, trap them and, and mm. go and release them somewhere else. Um, there are some, poisons. I mean, I don't like using poisons, no, but there I don't are like some it as well. that, that are, that are not as bad for owls. There's also the stuff that you can lay down to catch rats and mice. Mm. It's it's like a paper that has glue on it. Oh, I've seen that. And it's horrible it's because horrible. what happens is the mouse gets, gets stuck, stuck on, on there and it can live for days. Yeah, it's and, actually and it, the way it is. It's called it just, fast drop. 
It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's a funny name, but I mean, that is horrible. But I mean, even then, if you try to save the mouse afterwards, you can't you because. What do with it? No, but the thing is, you actually can't because that glue literally, mm. they break their legs. The glue oh, is so strong disgusting. that they. That is just so inhumane. That is, that is a little animal. And it does eat. It does come into your house because it's looking for food. Yeah, it's not there to spite um, you for sure. It's, it, yeah, so do it humanely. If, if you can, but I was actually speaking to, to the Anti-Cruelty League who said that without feral cats, our cities would probably be overrun by rodents. Mm. So that's mm. the bottom line. So if you want to get involved uh, and help uh, to care for feral cat colonies, there's a few options. You can start off by, by feeding a colony, getting mm. involved, volunteering as a feeder or even as a foster home. Mm-hmm. Um and you can speak to people like the Animal Anti-Cruelty League on mm. their website, which is www.aacl.org.za. Mm-hmm. Volunteer your services and get involved. These volunteers go out. They make sure that the cats have got food, that they are healthy, mm-hmm. uh, and that they have been spayed and neutered, as I mm-hmm. said, so that they don't continue to. And there's some amazing stories. I mean, there's a cat in uh, in KZN called Skabenga uh, from local feral Doesn't to celebrity in the hotel. Everybody loves him. Oh, that's awesome. So they, they're little kitties that have just, they're out there in the wild. There's they many stories where cats just arrive somewhere and they mm. take it over and it's their place for the rest of their yeah, lives. It's absolutely. fascinating. Now, Johnny, you were going to tell us something very exciting that you can get you and your dog involved. Well, that's the thing. Cliff Central, we have just passed our six-month mark. It's actually Wonderful. our seventh month. Um, and we want to get to know the people who have been with us since day one. Mm. Um, uh, and what I'm sure there's many times where you listen to Cliff Central with your dog there in the room, with your cat, with your bird, with your, yes. your hamster, whatever. So what we have to do is we want to see you. So you send us your picture. You just upload it. You can put it on Twitter with the hashtag I am and radio. Or you go to the WeChat, the Cliff Central official so this account. This is a picture of you and your pet. Yeah. Okay. If it's just you, but preferably for our show. For our show, who, we need your I want to see you Absolutely and we do. and that creature that you love so much. So you need to get those through to us before the 19th of December. And the best selfie with your pet or just with you, preferably your pet, you'll win 5,000 rand. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. we You know, like we want to put all these photos on our walls. We want to – we really want to be – um, two way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It must be interesting. Why, why should you see photos of us and we don't see a photo no, of you? you know and what I, mean? I think especially animal lovers, they love being interactive and speaking to each other. I mean, I see on our Facebook page, Canine Zone, we, I call them our Canine Zoners. Mm. I mean, we had an issue during the week. There was so much interactivity, everybody chatting to each other, some of them getting really upset. Mm. But it's still, it, it's there, and that's what it's all mm. about. Yeah, we want to see you we just as much as you. We want to see you and you. know who we're speaking to. Yeah, if you invest in time in us, listening to mm. us, seeing us, seeing what we're up to, it's only fair that we... And we should get some interesting pictures. No, some for pictures sure. Be, some people keep some really weird pictures. And who can't do with a little extra five thou in their bank accounts oh, at the end of the month, absolutely. eh? Absolutely. Well, do if with it's some with of your that. pet, you can get new leashes, collars. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, John, I just, there was something that I saw that was quite interesting before we go. Prince William mm-hmm. has actually teamed up with Angry Birds. I don't know. The you game. You must know Angry, Angry Everybody Birds. Everybody knows Angry Birds. I am addicted to Angry Birds. Now, he's releasing, he's joined 
Zealand with the makers of Angry Birds, and they're releasing a new game this coming Monday that's going to highlight the dangers of illegal poaching for animal species. Mm-hmm. This is all the way from elephants I'm to I'm interested to, to see to how they're going to incorporate that in the game. That's going to be very interesting. And, and he says that, I mean, he was saying, uh, quote, that the illegal slaughter of tens of thousands of animals um, – this this is, it needs to be stopped. It really needs mm. to be stopped. And the trade in animal parts was helping to fund criminal gangs and even extremist groups. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? So this game is called Roll with the Pangolins. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are anteaters, for those mm-hmm. who don't know what a pangolin mm-hmm. is. They are hunted for their meat and their scales. Really? Which are used I didn't in know traditional that. That's medicine. interesting. Mm. Eh? Wow. I mean, this is crazy. Most animals are hunted for some part of their body, mm. supposedly. But for I can't believe use. people would eat those. I never thought mm. people would eat an anteater. No, That's interesting. No, so this is going to be available to about two million. Angry Birds players worldwide. Awesome. Which is going to be great. Yeah. I'll wait to download Prince it William really see. does some good work. I he always, does. He does do yeah. a lot of good work. And then on Monday, there's a week-long tournament in the game. So all the gamers out there, mm. get on there for a good You cause. get people who are really serious about Angry mm. Birds. Eh? Oh, yes. I've never played it myself, but I know that when people do get hold of that game, so they no, they admit, rave about I'm it. I'm addicted. Really. I'm That's totally what everyone addicted. says. Yes. They all say they're addicted. They can't stop. Love it. Love it. Well, so now you yeah. can play... For a good cause hmm. at the end of the day. No, exactly. And uh, I think we, we there. Yeah, I think, I think we don't want to go into uh, overtime. Um, up next, there's Rookies and rock stars with Jade and Simba. Right. And next week, we're going to get a little bit heavier. We're going to have uh, Nolene from Fur Free in the studio okay. to talk about you know the whole fur industry. Yeah. And uh, why it's actually something that we yeah, cause, shouldn't allow. I mean, Animal Central is not just about cats and dogs. No, although it's we, about all animals and conservation. Yeah, no, it's about every creature on this planet that Very is true. not a human. Very that true. And they deserve our help. And we need to be, as they say, the voice for those that cannot speak. No. And just to remember that we, we share this planet not only with other mm. humans, but... This planet with so many creatures that we don't even know about. No, so absolutely. We yeah. need to be there for them. Exactly. That's it. Well, Sharon, it's great been a stuff. great show. Thanks for listening to us. And we'll be back next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Or you can catch us on the podcast. Can't wait.